The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must take America back as liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. All right, folks, we're back. Second hour of the National Intel Report with my special guest, James Ruguski. Um, and James, I have to tell you, you brought up something right before the break uh, that was fascinating to me because I just saw a movie last week that is the talk <laughs> of the, the listening audience. I don't know whether you've seen it, Sound of Freedom. I have. But they, have. Yeah, they you you know they use just that you know instead of the military or somebody going in there you know and they used the doctor in the white coat and it worked you know uh, my, I guess my question arises with the backlash that has come off of the results that we've seen and many people have seen myself personally have experienced several people that have passed away that I know personally over this uh, issue and, and it's still happening. Uh, there's, there's confidence that is being lost in the medical establishment as a whole. But do you think that uh, there's enough that has been lost? Because our job, as you know, is to wake people up to this, to the scam that's going on. Because it's, again, the core issue is it's all about the money. But they're also preying on the fear and the ignorance of the populace, not only of the United States, but of the world, right? Oh, absolutely. And and so, you know, if you actually look at, you know, what – I, I think all of the data has been corrupted, so it's very difficult to even point to data these days and say what's going on. But uh, two years ago or so, um, many people were talking about COVID and comorbidities, okay? But the actual best data that I've seen uh, going back two years ago at the time was related to that, but on a deeper level. What, what is a comorbidity? Well, somebody who's ill, they're, you know, they have been told that they have some problem, heart issues, um, you know, diabetic issues, whatever it might be. The people who had comorbidities were actually likely to have been swallowing several pharmaceutical drugs every day. And the higher the number of pharmaceutical drugs that people were taking, and there are people who take more than a dozen and sometimes substantially more than they've been told that they need to take all these poisons on a daily basis in order to be healthy. But that's what really tracked to the people who were more likely to die from what was called COVID-19. And and so if you just look at that and, and you pay attention to it and you realize that those are not things that actually improve people's health, they actually make people locked in to this disease management system. And as long as people believe that swallowing poisons or injecting unknown substances into their body is a path to being healthy, those people are going to suffer the consequences of their ignorance of reality. Now, if, if somebody doesn't want to challenge that in their own life, you can try to help them. But you're, you're going to get pushback. What I try to do is raise people's awareness of the insanity of that concept. And for the people who want to step out of that world and understand how to manage and, and optimize and improve and maintain and regain their health. OK, let's let's have a conversation. 
let's move forward into a world where, um, you know, I think on one of the ads that you were just, you know, on the show was playing, you know, the future of health, quite frankly, is not pharmaceutical drugs. It's not. I, I wrote genetic that commercial. therapy. Yeah, it's not <laughs> genetic therapy. Some smart guy. I heard some smart guy put it together. So I guess it was you. Um, yeah. And 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 if people are locked into the existing paradigm, and they will not even question it. You can try, but you know you're talking to a brick wall. If you pres- if if you and we and everyone else in the world present a better, op- you know, a better option. Hey, there are other ways of dealing with whatever issues you may have that don't involve being told that you have some disease, and the only thing you can do is treat it with a poison for the rest of your life. If, if you challenge that narrative, then come on over and you know learn whatever you may learn from people who are practicing in a way that respects how Mother Nature has built everyone's body to repair itself. And, and so there is a battle going on between those who want to hide reality from you so that they can profit from it. And those people who want to help you get better in, in better touch with who you really are and, and how you and your, your body, mind and spirit all work together to create a, a healthier version of you and, and, a, and a much more um, rewarding and enjoyable life ahead. I, I don't want to live in the dystopia that they are planning. I refuse to because I see a better future. And so they're going to build their laboratory system they're going to build all of their mrna manufacturing plants they're going to build out their global health digital um, uh, health security network they're, they're going to build out their central bank digital currency and a lot of people unfortunately are going to fall for those stories but if we are able to share a, a, a sane sensible, reasonable, logical, provable alternative that is just clearly better. People are going to gravitate to what makes sense to them that they feel in their heart is right and true and good and works. Um, And and so what we're going to deal with is, you know, a, a, a battle of, well, do you want to live in a world where someone else controls every single aspect of your life? Or do you want to live in a world where you respect everyone else's freedom to be unique and, and different and, and chart their own course in their life and come on over here because that's what we're going to be doing? And you know, I think the option is, you know, it's an easy choice for me, but a lot of people will choose the path of what appears to be the least resistance. Oh, let me just let, let me just do what somebody else tells me to do because that's easy at the beginning until you suffer the consequences of that system. And I, I, I fervently agree with you, James. And, you know, the things come to mind when you were speaking about that. Uh, I've got a caller on the line already. I'm not going to uh, hold the line here. I haven't opened up the phone lines yet, uh, but uh, I'll get to you in a couple of minutes. Uh, and two quick stories come to mind. I just went to a funeral less than two years ago of one of my oldest friends who was on, I don't even know how many different types of medications, but they manage the illness. They don't cure it, or they manage the you know, supposed illness. This, this gentleman was on six, seven, eight different types of medication, and his doctor was referring him to his, uh, another specialist, who's probably his golf buddy, to give him tests about this or that or the other thing. Ultimately, he passed away. He, got, he, he passed away shortly after his second dose of Pfizer vaccination. And what you brought up, you know, the, the, these drugs that he was taking was probably destroying him anyway. Um, but that what that what you run up to against, and I'm, I know you have, and I have as well. I had tried to speak with him about that years ago, and hit a brick wall because he trusted the white coat before he trusted me. That's part of the problem. And we have to get the mindset of people away from that. Now, on the other side of the coin, I just lost my only sibling here four months ago. Ironically, there was a whole 
mishmash about uh, I got a call that uh, they couldn't get a doctor to sign the death certificate. And uh, a detective actually asked me who her doctor was. And I said she didn't have one. And he said, well, if uh, she doesn't have one, then we have to you have to pay an extra four hundred dollars for the coroner to sign off. And he said, but let me check into it. Anyway, long story short, I called the coroner back the next day, and she says, oh, it was all taken care of. And I said, well, who signed off on the death certificate? Oh, it's the same doctor that issued her, her prescription. And I said, my sister didn't take any prescriptions. Now, how does that work? So, you know, it's being used both ways. The, 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 old, the old, I mean, we used to trust the medical establishment. You know, they used to make house calls 60, 70 years ago. Um, you know, if you got sick, you went to the doctor. After this whole thing, a lot of people woke up to realize that, you know, with the CARES Act and the PREP Act, it looks like some of these people in the medical establishment traded their integrity for the, you know, the enhancing of their bank accounts. Um, and the credibility of the medical establishment, just like the mainstream media and, and you know, the Congress and politicians has gone down. Would you agree with that? The the. The faith that we have put in the medical establishment has has uh, decreased since this uh, pandemic, wouldn't you say? Um, well, it all depends on how you define we, okay? Because um, I personally haven't been to a medical doctor since I was 19 years old. I'm 63. You couldn't pay me to go. Um, you really couldn't pay me to take even an aspirin. I, I can accept that some medications may be life-threatening, life saving in, in life-threatening situations. But I, I lost faith quite some time ago, and it was all gone, so there wasn't anything left to go. And, and when I saw all of this rolling out, you, you could just see it's like a slow-motion train wreck. You, know, you, you can see it coming. So my, you know, my running joke is that you know, I do have a disease. It's called James Ruguski syndrome. It's terminal <laughs> illness. It's a terminal illness. I've had it my entire life. I was born with it. I've been managing it relatively well. It flares up every now and then a little bit, but I, I, I keep it under control. <laughs> I love but it. Here's, but here's the problem, okay? There isn't an insurance code that a doctor can submit to treat James Ruguski syndrome and get paid to do anything to me. So I got to pay out of pocket if I want to have chiropractic or acupuncture or whatever. Because if they're treating me, they better be treating James Rudusky syndrome. And there's no code for that. So I got to pay out of pocket. But if they want to get paid through the system, they have to inaccurately rename my disease. I, you know, I'm not Alzheimer. I'm not Parkinson. I'm not Lou Gehrig. I'm not any of the other names. You know, you look at the Latin names, right? arthritis just means joint swelling okay what your doctor will do to you is um take whatever information you give them in english and turn it into latin to confuse the daylights out of you fibromyalgia fiber muscle pain somebody comes into their doctor and they go oh it aches i got aches and pains all over i'm stiff and sore in the morning Oh, you've got fibro. Oh my God, I didn't know I had fibromyalgia. Well, that's the same thing you told them right back at you in Latin. Now, if they said it in French, it would probably sound all romantic and beautiful. We'd be so happy. Okay? It, it's it's a it's a head game. It, you know, I, I don't want to steal I don't want to steal this from you know Alex Jones, but it is an info war. It is an information war. It's government you know, control of your mind. And, and so I, I have absolute respect for the intellectual capacity of each and every person. They can comprehend all of these details about the WHO and about health and about all that sort of stuff. I, I do everything I can to treat everyone as an equal and say, look, if you want to know the truth, I'll be happy to explain what I feel, you know, I know to be my truth about the WHO, about health, about government, about whatever. But if you don't want to know, I can't help you. I can't comprehend it for you. You have to want to learn what 
has been hidden from you in government, in industry, in finance, in, in every aspect. And, and so if you think that the media is going to be the source of truth for you, um, best of luck with that you know, thought. That's not where you're going to find your truth. You're going to find your truth inside yourself first and foremost. And then you have to look, you know, into the world and see, you know, what actually is the truth about finance? Well, let me let me blow your mind and, and everybody else. I know you got maybe some questions that people want to take. If you go back to 1960s, when they started Medicaid and Medicare and all that sort of stuff, and you add up the amount of tax money that was collected, you know, the, the little line item that you have, if you have a... a um, uh, pay stub. You know, if you get a paycheck and you have a little line item for yeah. you know health healthcare taxes, right? It's like a tiny little percent. If you add up all of the money that the federal government has collected for health care through those taxes, and you subtract the amount of money that the federal government has spent on health care, you'll come up with about a thirty some trillion dollar deficit. Our deficit has been stolen by the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. The reason we are where we are today is because of the industry that claims to want to help you regain your health when you're sick, but they're actually poisoning, murdering, and robbing all of the wealth from our nation under the guise of trying to help people. Add up the numbers and see what you come up with and let me know. That's where the money has gone. And that's where the health of our nation, physically, mentally, psychologically, and emotionally, it's gone down the pharmaceutical industry's toilet, quite frankly. All of the money has gone into the people with white coats and the people behind them who are selling poisons to slowly murder people. And, and un until we wake up to that fact, they're going to just keep doing it and they're going to do it harder and faster and stronger. And that's what we're doing with this. What we're talking about earlier, uh, with this, uh, uh, this, this, the, the who and the, uh, uh, you know, all these amendments that are they're negotiating right now. But let me, let me do this, James. Let me open up. I, I, I've got a caller that's been waiting on here for about ten minutes. So let, I'm going to open up the phone lines, folks. Five one two two four eight eight two five two. If you have a question or a comment for for James, feel. Uh, please feel free to call in. Let's go to Francis. Thank you for waiting. I know you've been on there for about 10 minutes, Francis. Uh, you have a question for James, or what's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Um, well, to be honest with you, I found the uh, terminology and how that was used very humorous. I got a good chuckle out of that, so thank you. I needed that today. Uh, Which part? Are you talking about uh, he had James Roguski syndrome? Is that because I, I I thought that, that was funny. As well as the I, I'm going to use that forever. Go ahead. Arthritis and so forth. It's like oh my gosh, that's that's a new take on it. So it's like the thing is that the way it was presented, it's like oh my gosh, you know, people can heal their own if they really thought about it and not worry about going to somebody in a white coat or whatever have you. So go figure that one. But. As far as everything else goes with the corona fiasco and everything else and uh, handing medical records over to, uh, uh, well, World Health Organization and so forth, ad nauseum, uh, basically a lot of it comes down to, as well as everything else before mentioned, peer pressure, as well as reverse psychology peer pressure, which we had one example of that earlier uh, that was uh, mentioned by Oh, well, these people would not have had these problems if people had tried to get them to not take a shot jab or whatever. And it's like, excuse me? Uh, I've mentioned this before long ago, is that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink to start with. People have their own mind, depending on how well they've been conditioned to accept whatever garbage they've been spewed out to on the boob tube. So peer pressure still works, even for people that are supposed to be adults, nowadays or up to that point as it did when you were a child it's unbelievable but a very powerful aspect and apparently the so-called elite know that so well okay think, did, but did you have a question for james i i guess i guess my question would be is how does the everyday public contend with or deal with 
whatever they're planning on spitting out down the road from here on out that we have not been made aware of till now. How to prepare for that. Um, I'll, I'll attempt to give you an answer. Um, okay. One of, one of the things that you said was, you know, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. Um, you can share information with people, but you can't make them think. And, <laughs> and so one of, one of the approaches that may be um, in certain situations an appropriate way to go, and, and maybe we'll play act here a little bit, is it's loosely the Socratic method. It's, it's asking questions, right? So um, just as an example, if you were to see someone wearing a mask, okay, you could say to them, oh, there's been all of these studies and, and you know, that doesn't do any good and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and what you're going to get is, is defensive behavior and pushback, okay? Oh, yeah. But if you, if you turn it around, and, and I actually have a mask story, and I, I'd like to share it uh, afterwards. But I'm, I'm trying to answer your question, and, and let me know if, if I do give you a, a good enough answer. Um, if you ask that person, hey, I have a question. Um, I see that you're wearing a mask. Why did you choose to wear that particular mask? Is that the best mask? Um, wh why are you wearing that type of mask? I, I, I would like to know. Because you've chosen to do that, what is the reason why? Is it is it a high quality? Does it have you know? Did it come rated? Did you read about it in a study somewhere? Okay, I'll change the subject a little bit, but I do have a mask story. Um, if, if someone got the jab, you could start off by saying, "Oh, that's stupid! Don't do that! Why did you do that? You know, you're going to die because of all the toxic stuff." Well, you could ask them some thought-provoking questions. Um, which jab did you get? Did you get Pfizer or Moderna or J&J? Oh, you got the J&J. Oh, they took that one off the market, didn't they? Um, oh, you got the Pfizer. Well, why did you get the Pfizer? The Pfizer's only got 30 micrograms per dose, and the Moderna had 100. Well, why did you get the Pfizer? Okay. Um, how, many, how many did you get when you get in your next one? Okay. Now, you, you may get... You may get surprising answers, okay? Um, did did you have any? Did you have any? You know, problems with it? Did you notice any? You know, was it well? Um, what is the definition of safe? What is the definition of the word safe? What does it mean to be safe? Have you ever heard of? Um, it, it's kind of weird and morbid, but but roll with me here a little bit. Have you ever heard of the? Supposed game called Russian roulette, where you have, <laughs> where you have a, where you have a six shooter, and you put one bullet in one of the chambers and you spin it, and then everybody takes a crack at it. You know that's eighty four percent safe. It it only has there's only one out of six people have a problem with that, so it's eighty four percent safe. <laughs> and it's and it's really it's really effective. You know, one out of six times. <laughs> and, and, and so. Now, I don't know if we have time. Do we have time for me to tell a couple of minute um, mask story? We've got we've got uh, we got about five minutes before the break. Um, oh, I can do it in that. Francis, time did he okay. answer your question? I got to let you go because I got other callers on the line here, Francis. But he, did he answer he did. your question? He did. <laughs> Only thing is, I okay. think he did a lot more subtly than I would have. Well, uh, yeah, but it, well, we both. We, the point, go ahead. The, the, the point of it was rather than. And I think we started this at the beginning. Rather than preaching or teaching, you know, reach out to the person, ask them a question, oh, yeah. and then shut up and listen and let uh -huh. them cook their own goose. They, now they, might, they, they might tell you, oh, no, I, I, I wanted to see my grandkids and my children wouldn't let me unless I got jabbed. Okay. Or, or, you know, they, they might say something like, oh, you know, um, I, I, I would have lost my job if I didn't get it. Or my spouse or my this or my... You may find that the reason that you assume is not precise. And, and yeah. the problem that has happened is, um, if anything has happened over the last three or four years, 
it's we've all been isolated from each other. And so it's if you try to break that isolation by on you can have some fun with it, but you can also honestly just, you know, what what do you think is really going on? You know, what do you think the answer is? And then legitimately be quiet and listen. Let them tell you, right? Now, you may be dealing with somebody who just has a belief structure that is 100% the opposite of yours, and they'll let you know. And if if you ask them, here's, here's the last question that I might get a chuckle out of. You could, if you wanted to be really obnoxious, you could start out with, hey, I got a question for you. Um, are you open to new information or do you already know everything you need to know? <laughs> with that, I'll oh. have three knowledge with my margarita, dear. Y'all have fun with All right. Th- thanks for the call, Francis. I appreciate it. Uh, James, we got a couple of minutes before the break. I've got another caller on the line here. Go for, do you go want for to share your question? All right, Misty in in Kansas. Misty, you're on with Michael and James. Do you have a question for James or just have a comment, honey? I have a, well, I I do have a comment, and it's relating to James's uh, original statement in the beginning was the uh, inalienable rights and the people not understanding their authority, especially here in America. I mean, we have a law. The People's Law, the Bill of Rights, and the government has no say over that. Yes, it's all been turned upside down. If the people understood it, if you go to the ninth article specifically, when you're talking about the authority that the government has, it says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So that is telling you right there, your authority, if you break down the words, it's it's the people that the government does not have it. Then the 10th article also states the states don't have that either so i'd like to i'd like to hear what you think about that you're talking to me go ahead james no 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 you got the floor man uh Um, i'll tell you i'll tell you what i'll tell you what we got two minutes before the break so if you can answer it well actually we got one minute i think uh go ahead go ahead um you know it sounds like you have read the darn document okay and so um really what it comes down to is understanding that the federal government doesn't have authority over health care. Once you comprehend that, you can see through all of the stories about mandates and rules and all this sort of thing. Um, one of the things that somebody has said to me over the past couple of weeks is, you know, hey, you know, how did you get involved in this? Are you a doctor or are you a lawyer? As if that matters, right? I'm, I'm a human being. I can read. I can think. And they said, well, what are your credentials? And I said, first thing that came into my mind, well, my credentials are I've read the damn documents. And there are people talking about what's going on with the WHO. And you can start with a simple question. Pardon I'm going to have to hold you up, James. No, it's going to take 30 seconds. Pardon I me. I can't do it. I got, I, got, I got a break. I got a break coming up in six seconds. Where's okay, the so hold on. All right. Hold, hold on. All right. We'll be back at three, and then we're going to skip the next break as well. So stick around, folks. James Roguski and Misty in Kansas. Be right back. When I get there. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. 
Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject, from the funding behind the transgender movement to first-hand memoirs of World War II previously inaccessible to English-speaking audiences. We publish books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo. Whether you count yourself as a political dissident, student of history, connoisseur of philosophy, or enthusiast of exciting and thought-provoking fiction, you owe it to yourself to check out our catalog. With exclusive offerings like The Transgender Industrial Complex, Solzhenitsyn and the Right, The Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more, there's something for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out our catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com and use code RBNREADERS2023 for 10% off your order. That's RBNREADERS2023 at antelopehillpublishing.com. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite is designed to strengthen the heart and arteries and help the body heal itself. Doctors are not able to explain the improvements they are seeing in their patients' health who are taking Extendivite. People who once needed more pills are now taking less and getting better. Due to the unexplainable improvements in their patients' health, more doctors are calling to order Extendivite for themselves. Help Extendivite make your doctor a believer. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Have you been looking for a trusted, long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. We're back with the National Intel Report with my special guest, James Roguski, and we've got Misty in Kansas on the line. And James was just in the middle when I rudely cut him off to take a break because we have to pay bills. Phone lines are open, AA 512-248-8252. But I cut James off because we had to go pay some bills, but he was talking about those two amendments, the Ninth and the Tenth Amendment, in answer to Misty's question. So go ahead, James. you got the floor. Well, you know, I didn't need to answer Misty's question. She knows the answer to the question. You know, it, it's... Where, where did you get the where do you where do you purport to have authority over me now there there is always the possibility that you find yourself in a situation where it is you know lawful authority on a topic that the person you know is supposed to be doing what they're doing because your rights you know bump up against other people's rights at some point and so it's not an unlimited you know you can do whatever the heck you want Obviously, everyone's rights have to come into play, but I would also encourage people to pay attention to the Fourth Amendment. Mm. Go ahead. Did we lose him again, uh, Julie? Can oh, you hear there me? We go. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I don't, I, I don't know what you heard, but you, you also have to pay the, attention to the Fourth pay, Amendment. Yeah. To be secure in your person and in your papers, and and so 
when when somebody might go to a doctor or a urgent care or hospital or whatever and they ask you to sign in and check the box to accept their terms of service well you know they got you over a barrel if it's an urgent care and most people just sign away and it's like well wait a minute what did i just do you might want to read the terms of service or you might want to have your own paperwork and go in and say, look, I'd love to do business with you, but I want to do business under my terms and conditions. And, and this is how we get ourselves into all kinds of problems. If you're doing business with someone, it's a negotiation. If someone is, pre- is presenting themselves as if they are enforcing the law, that's when you can raise the issue of your constitution, you know, your Bill of Rights protections uh, and, and the fact that you have rights that by law they cannot infringe upon. And so what does it mean to be secure in your person? Well, I'm not I'm not a pincushion. You don't get to mandate that I stick needles into myself. That's not that's not going to happen. Right. And in terms of the paperwork surrounding it. That's my private information. Now, if you want to do business and you won't do business with me unless I give you access to my private information and let you sell it and do whatever you want to do with it, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And so if people are not aware that you cannot be forced to do that, you can be coerced, you can be tricked. But when you come to your senses and you wake up and you go, oh, I'm not going to do business with people who operate in that fashion. So I haven't been to a medical doctor since I was 19. Now, I get it. Not everybody um, is in a situation where they feel that they can step out of the current system. But it starts with, you know, learning. And, and once you understand that at the very least, and it's probably greater now, the third leading cause of death in the United States is not medical error. It's properly prescribed medication. It's not medical error. That's a whole nother category. When they do what they're allowed to do to people, it is the, it is the cause of death in over 100,000 people a year. And, and most recently, those numbers have clearly skyrocketed. And so if you want to go into that system blind, um, you're going to come out devastated. So you better wise up. Now, that, that wasn't Misty. directed at Misty. You know, that's no. obviously not directed at her. But just in general, um, uh, you know, read your constitution and read your state constitution. Many of the state constitutions, and I'd love to talk to people about a project that I'm working on about all of this. Many of the state constitutions say very clearly right at the top, um, all power rests in the people. And the people have the authority to disband their government anytime they get together and decide they want to do so. Read your state constitution and see what your rights really are. Missy, anything you want? Anything you have left before I let you go? Uh, just the last thing I would say: more than uh, the constitution, understand the Bill of Rights because that's exactly. our law. That's our authority. They can write anything down on a piece of paper that they choose to, but that does not negate our law. And thank you. I have, James, this is excellent. This is a great show, both of y'all. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mr. Well, appreciate it. If, if, if I may, um, there's a project that you and I may have talked about, but honestly, I don't remember if we did. I'm, I was just about to bring that up, James. Great okay. minds think alike. Go ahead. Might as well put it out there now. Um, well, this is something that technically is unpublished because I realize that I'm uh, about to walk into a minefield. Okay. But um, a project that I'm working on, and I would welcome everyone's feedback, maybe not necessarily in the show. You won't have time to um, get into it, but you can certainly reach out to me directly, is healthfreedombillofrights.com. Health Freedom billofrights.com and you know part of the problem that i think i've realized is 
back in the day when the Bill of Rights was proposed after the Constitution was accepted and the Union, you know, went from a confederation to what we have now, um, they actually submitted 12 amendments and the first two didn't make it. And a lot of people don't realize that. And, and so um, the 10 amendments that we refer to as the Bill of Rights, you know, to make it very clear to the federal government, no, we did not give you authority over these things. Back in the day, you know, I, I just don't think they had to deal with the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. It never even occurred to them, really. Benjamin Rush was, was pushing for medical freedom and, and health freedom. But they were not dealing with this monstrosity that has taken over our country over the last hundred years. And so you don't see a health freedom bill of rights, you know, in our bill of rights. You don't see it in the UN direct declaration on, on freedoms and, and rights. This is a relatively modern catastrophe. And, and so we all need to come together as a society and say, you know, what do we agree our rights are? You know, Nuremberg Convention and, and, and codes aside, um, what rights do we have in regards to our individual bodies against other people claiming that they will be protected by telling us what to do to our body? It's an absurd concept, but a lot of people believe it. And so I would like to you know, ask everyone in the audience to, um, as time permits after the show, go to healthfreedombillofrights.com. Um, at the end of the show, I'll give you my phone number and call me. It's all over my websites. My phone number is readily available. Don't call me now. It's a live show. But I want to know what people think in terms of what are your rights as an individual in regards to what other people purport to be able to tell you you have to do to your body in order to supposedly protect them. Now, if I may, I'll just take two, two or three minutes and tell my mask story, if I may. Okay. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I got another caller on the line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to Mike in Kentucky. Hold on just a couple minutes. I want to hear this mask story, and then I'm going to take you next, Mike. Go ahead. I, I had some plumbing problems about a year or so ago, and I had to go under the house to see what was going on. I thought I had a crawl space, but it turned out that it was about six inches deep in certain areas that I needed to get to. So I spent a, a number of days digging a trench underneath my house to make a crawl space. Needless to say, it was a dirty job. And so at one point, um, my girlfriend said, hey, why don't you wear one of these masks that we've got laying around that somebody gave us that we don't really use? Okay, fine. I've worked construction. I've done dirty jobs. Sometimes you want to protect your lungs from what you might be breathing in. So I wore the mask, and she actually took a video of me when I came out from under the basement. I took the mask off. It was like mud on the inside of the mask. I blew my nose, and I got a big pile of you know, dirt and mud coming from my nose. Clearly, the mask did not do any good at all. So the next day, I got an N95 mask. And I was under the house for about 20 minutes, and I stopped, and I said, wait a minute, I can taste the dirt. I've been under here for a couple of days, and now I'm wearing an N95 mask, and I can taste the dirt. I realized it was forcing me to breathe through my mouth, not through my nose. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I'll, I'll just deal with what I'm dealing with. Clearly, masks are not going to stop much of anything because if you just think about it, the, the air goes right around the mask. It, it, yeah. You don't really need a scientific experiment to realize that air takes the path of least resistance. It's going to come sneaking in around the edges. There's not a darn thing you can do about it unless you're wearing a rubber um, you know, respirator with a rubber gasket on it. And, you know, those things might be necessary at some point. So to go back to the question at hand, if, if you ask somebody, well, why are you wearing that mask? You might want to go to an Army Navy store and pick up one of those gas masks from World <laughs> War One and keep it in your car 
and hand it to somebody and go, hey, you know, if you're really worried about it, you probably should be wearing this. Well, it just goes to show you the gullibility of the masses of the public. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Mike in Kentucky first. Tom in Utah, you'll be next. Uh, Mike, what's on, on your mind? You got a question for uh, James? Go ahead, Mike. Uh, well, he just inspired me to mention that I did a video like that uh, with my uh, N95 mask and a plain paper mask. Uh, some guy gave me a little Cigarello cigar, and I thought, oh, I don't really want to smoke this, but, hey, I can make a demonstration, and I sure did. Uh, in the bright sunlight, you can puff and blow the smoke. It, you know, I didn't really inhale it with that cigarette, but it goes right through the mask. And it does, just like a cigarette filter. It will filter out some and leave a brown stain on the mask. But you can clearly see that the smoke particles go everywhere. So you're not going to protect. And as I understand it, those masks were originally used by the doctors to protect the patient so that you didn't have, you know, uh, particles of spit or hair or stuff going down into the patient when you were doing surgery. Uh, but as you were talking earlier, uh, I can read. I like that uh, thing, your, your statement, I can read. And have you seen the, uh, I think it's the New England Journal of Medicine, the Lancet, and they, there's a guy that did an article for the National Institutes of Health, National Library of Medicine, on all the things that are wrong with science. I think the Lancet even said we're, we're in a dark ages to, to where half of the science that's published is just wrong from five major factors. So all these people are, what are your qualifications? Well, I can read. I can read those articles. It says half of the science that's published is wrong. Have you read that? Have you read any of those articles? Um, I... I, I know of what you're talking, um, and I'll actually go a, a step further. Um, there is no science published. What, what is published under the guise of science, science is, is a method. And, and yeah. science essentially is, well, someone has a theory, hypothesis theory. They go, this is what I think is causing whatever it is we're observing. And someone who truly practices the scientific method will invite people to try to poke a hole in the theory. Now, the minute you get one exception to the rule, the theory has been broken. And, and so anytime you read a study and it says, well, you know, 75% this or 5% had side effects or whatever, instantaneously you should realize that you're not dealing with science. You're dealing with statistical probability. And so the idea of something being safe is all relative. The, the, the concept of something being safe is, well, there are risks and there are benefits. And for you as an individual to be allowed to be given all of the information as to what the risks are and what the potential benefits might be and the only person who can determine whether or not the risks outweigh the benefits or the other way around is the individual person determines their tolerance for risk versus their belief in the benefits. Things are not safe or not. Okay, that's not, that's not a thing. There is no legal definition of safe. There is a presentation of risk versus benefit to be enable a person to decide for themselves whether or not they want to take the risk. Safe, if anybody says the word safe, they're confused. Well, I could give an example, a simple example, fairly simple. Okay. In the last maybe three or four months, and I'm a cyclist, so I've read a lot of stuff about sports medicine and how to improve your lung capacity and gas exchange and da-da-da, you know, since the 80s. So they, that is what you call a gold standard study that was published in, uh, it was probably May. Over 10 years, they, I think, started out with over 1,000 patients, and uh, they ended up with 900 and some surviving. So what they showed was the people that did have stronger quadriceps uh, after their first heart attack, 
they improved their chances of not getting heart failure by over 200%. I mean, that's an expensive, long study to study people for 10 years. And they had 900-some people that did not go in, uh, out of those 900-some people. They did not go into heart failure if they had strong legs, like cyclists or people that do leg presses and things like that. And, uh, I, you know, I can't remember all the details of the study, but it seems like a pretty good risk reduction just to do bicycling and leg presses in the gym. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with what you're saying. But, well, I was uh, uh, I was a um, state champion powerlifter way back in the day. I, I've done my fair share of squats, so um, I'll, I'll take that. Maybe uh, ho- hopefully some of that is residual. But um, go look, it, yeah, go look it up. You might go. Hey, I need to go back to the gym, and I need to get off the bike and start doing some hill sprints or something. But <laughs> the, the the story in the Lancet uh, basically had five factors. It was pursuing fashionable trends. Uh, small studies, poorly designed studies, undisclosed conflicts of interest, and things like that, five major factors, or sigma they called it, resulted in half of the science that's published and peer-reviewed and declared to be gold standard is wrong. I mean, you know, so (laughs) it it, it takes a lot of wind out of people's sails when they're trying to say, well, this has been reviewed by the experts. Well, so what? All right, listen, we're running out of time hey. here, Mike. Uh, I got to let right. you go. Thanks for the call. I got another caller on the line. I want to take him, get to him before uh, the show ends. So, James, let's go to Tom in Utah. Tom, you're on with Michael and James. You got a question for James. Thanks for holding. Hi, Mike and James. Hi. I really don't want to take too much time, but you, I don't know, Mike, you knew that I was, how do you say, a persona non grata in D.C. when I exposed the poisoning of a tenth of the nation anyway uh, J- james please go to tom my phone number is at the bottom i am visually impaired because of my uh whistle blowing and oh, also go to tom news you'll you'll see that uh, literally the author of that news article who knew me back when we were working on the jarvik heart project knew who I was, gave me respect, and as a consequence of her writing this article, basically doing what you're doing, James, exposing the fraud. Within a couple of weeks, this lady was relieved of her Pulitzer Prize-winning reporting. Uh, you know, like myself, I, I, I will. I will reach out to you when we're done, Tom. Absolutely, Tom in Utah dot com and dot news. Correct, Tom in Utah dot com and Tom in Utah dot news. Right. I and your phone numbers. At, and your phone numbers at the bottom, Tom. Right. Yeah, my phone number is public. I'm not worried okay. about it. But the easiest way is to go to the web, see some of my labor. You know, people say, I, I can read, but in my case, I had to do and write. Uh-huh. And when you spend 50 years of your life on the, in the AMA practicing business, and then you come to your epiphany, nobody likes you. And by the way, what's really interesting is even though people know of my background, they don't want to hear the truth. It's really sad. So we are looking at the, uh, the results this nation should be the healthiest nation on the planet. Why is it a third of us are in diabetes, another third are in, well, Prozac, and the other third are somewhere in between in all the other mess? And see, that's been my drive. We don't have patriots that are strong enough to do the battle. We keep losing them. Anyway, James, please t- take a all right thanks tom i appreciate it um by the way i wanted to mention to you i had a listener that sent me an email uh during the break she says that she went into your site and she spelled it out for me and she actually gave me a screenshot of it and for some reason she can't get into the health freedom bill of and i'm not laying that on you because i just many, many, many people do a search Board and search engines are not your friend. Um, if you go to the um, part of your browser where you just type in HTTP colon 
slash slash healthfreedombillofrights.com. That'll work for you. But let me let me make it even easier for everybody. Um, love to give everyone my phone number. I do it on every interview. Um, we still got five minutes, so don't call right this second. But my phone <laughs> number is 310-619-3055. If you had a question and we didn't get to it, give me a phone call, 310-619-3055. Um, love to talk to you about health, freedom, com or anything else, you know, uh, along the lines of the WHO and just natural health. Um, if you can't find any of that, just go to jamesroguski.com, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-G-U-S-K-I.com. Um, I've written a couple of books. I've got things on cancer and heart issues and diabetes and so forth. I've always given it all away, so it's all free for the taking. Just go, and if you want to learn something and talk about it, call me anytime. Uh, well, you're a brave man because you could be inundated here, <laughs> James. Hey, it'll, be, it'll be a great day. It'll be a great okay. Day. All right. Well, listen, uh, we only got a couple minutes left. In closing, I mean, you know, if I had to wrap this all up in a nutshell, uh, it's nothing that I haven't been saying to my audience for a long time, and that is don't comply. Uh, along with the education of the masses, which is an adventure in itself, because all of us, and I speak for probably this audience as well as myself and you, James, it's very difficult at times to wake people up. But your philosophy about doing that and reversing it, I love that philosophy. Along with the James Roguski syndrome, I'm going to use that from now on, except I'm going to I'm going to stick Michael Herzog in there as opposed to James Roguski. Uh, I, I can't help you. I can't help you with that one, except except to ask questions, okay? If somebody wanted to treat Michael Herzog syndrome, be like, hey, what what are you doing? What, what are you not doing? What, what are you thinking? What are you not thinking? What, you know, what, what are you feeling? Where have you been? What's going on in your environment? If, if somebody comes up and asks you endless questions, okay, it means they're actually trying to figure out how to help you rather than help themselves. I'll ask you a really simple question. In, in the entire medical industry, do you know anybody who profits other than yourself and maybe your family? Who do you know who profits when you're healthy? Well, that's the source. That's the I source do. I, I do. Well, they, you, you know, you the most family. important thing to life is your health, James. How, how many times have we heard that? Right. That's true. You know. Uh, and, and I have to, you know, that's why I like you so much. I like you for the, I told you, I loved you from the first time I talked to you on the phone, maybe it was a second, but, but you, you know, I have a lot in common because I've got my Bowflex sitting right here and I do it four times a week, you know? So, uh, uh, and I watch my diet very well and, uh, I avoid doctors at all costs and, uh, I feel pretty good at 73 years old, you know? Sound like you're doing great. And, and so, you know. Figure out what's right for the individual person. And if somebody can help you figure out what's going on with you, that's great. Okay? All right. But if they, if they just tell you to do what they tell you to do because that's what they got to do, it's probably a story for them to make money. Thanks for coming on. It's been a great show. We're out of time. James Roguski, I'll have you up again. We'll talk about something else next time. All right? Thanks, Thanks for tuning Thank in, you. folks. I appreciate it. Hope you like the show. See you same time, same station next week. And bye for now. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. 
or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Never had a 